welcome to the Marketing Intern Spotlight. A marketing intern is a listener who's spreading our message authentically. Hear their story, their passion, and their journey. Enjoy. Have you been on any podcast before? Um, I mean, I do the radio from time to time. Like, I do the Tommy games. Okay. Uh, me and my homegirl, actually, we're both sub-30, almost so, like, very single. And we just talk relationships from people that are never in relationships. Yeah. So we're thinking about, like, starting a relationship podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be really cool. Tight. It's just, like, dumb shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. classic. Uh, our, for our last question, we was talking Friday. Our last question was, how do you ask women, how do you ask your man, what are we? And she's Ooh. like, well, we do this, and you know, all the girls take that shit seriously. So they were flooding their inbox, like, tough. And, like, I spoke for the fellas. It's like, yeah, stop asking that without a forewarning unless you don't want to answer you don't want. So we, we got pretty into it. It was tight. No, I like that. What were some of the answers? Because I need some of this help. Some, well, <laughs> all right. So here's my answer. Yep. And I'm not, like, a player or anything, but it's just, like, one of those things, you know, when you're busy and you're trying to date, sometimes you get to a place and you're like, whoa, how we get here, right? Or it's yeah. just, like, um, you don't always know at every point. There's checkpoints, but between those checkpoints, you're kind of in a gray area. So, for me, it was like, I hate when girls kind of blindside me with that question. Like, oh, what are we? And it's like, oh, you, you want me to tell you now? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm like, well, damn. First of all, like, fellas, we we can't, like, say our thoughts that well. Yeah, yeah. Like, 15 we seconds to process that? Right. No. Exactly. It's crazy. Because, A, I didn't know what we were. And, B, how do I say what I think we are mm-hmm. without making it sound either worse or even better than it is? Because that could get you in some trouble. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm like, you know, how about this? You text me in the morning. Hey, I was just wondering because blah, blah, this and that. Just want to know, you know, what you thought about us, where you think things are going. You ain't got to answer now. Let's talk later tonight. And I love that. I love that answer. Lady's like, hell no. If you got to ask, fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. all right, never mind then. Yeah. Wait, so. Adrian and I are, are uh, getting into the dating life. We, I mean, to put it simply, we we haven't been on very many dates with this podcast. <laughs> I we, feel you. Um, I feel you guys, man. I know exactly what that's like. But yep. coming up here. Andrew and I are, uh, we just started Hinge accounts for the for the main reason of matching with someone to have them come on the podcast. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, so. And we each have to match with someone and then get a mutual date between the two girls for them to come on for the first, we're going to meet them for the first, first time, time on, the podcast. on the podcast. You guys don't actually expect to like have a future with these girls if you're doing it this way. Uh, this uh, is solely entertainment yeah, person. Keeping the expectations uh, no, no, reasonable. No, no, no. I wouldn't reasonable. say no expectations, just reasonable Yeah, you just asked where we're at with these girls. We haven't even met them yet. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we haven't even matched with them yeah, yet. It's crazy. Yeah. I, could ju- I just imagine like some girls coming here with some black dresses think it's going to be a real date yeah. and then boom, 15 cameras. Like <laughs> Just whipping them. No, no, no. Yeah. We have them prepped. Right. Okay, prepped. Listen to okay. this. So, um, th- you know how Hinge works? I mean, is it like the other dating It's, it's like Tinder kind of, but you have like questions that you can answer to give more insight about like who you are Um, so like one like a topic that i filled out was ideal first date and mine was just record a podcast so just straight up straight up so i've had like a couple girls respond and be like this is a great idea where do we start i was like okay this is easy this is very nice so now i was thinking and i haven't told you this yet but um a roadblock would be you know i match with a girl she wants to come on and do an interview and then you match with a girl so it and basically convincing them that like they should come over together and then do a, a podcast where like they don't know each other but we know yeah, them yeah, kind of yeah. you know that there's, be tight. there's a little bit of a dynamic there right that'd be tight so i have a solution or a potential proposed solution i want to bounce this off you okay so when my date comes over we'll do maybe like same day kind of like we're doing with io and float or we split them up and the i'll first produce half is 30 minutes the oh. first the first one is your date or yep. my date 
and you produce it when my date's on. Yeah. And then when your date comes over, I'll produce it. Oh, damn. And then we can do two different podcasts, release them on the same day, have it be like a bingeable type thing. And then like the listeners can uh, they'll obviously listen to both. Mm. And then they get to decide who, who crushed the date better. Yeah. Damn. I like that because it's like, hold on. <laughs> I like that because it's... um. It's like the ultimate icebreaker. You know what I hate about dating? It's like getting to know somebody for the first time sucks. Yeah. But then once you feel a little comfortable, because, like, I can tell you guys have eclectic personalities like me. And, like, if you meet me originally, I got to hold that back because I'm not just going to come out here, like, cussing, talking about football and Dragon Ball Z on mm-hmm. day one because not everybody would understand that. But I, once we get past that first level, you know, like, I'm a responsible dude. Like, I have a decent job. Like, I'm not some crazy dude that lives at home with his mom because half of my hobbies are of dudes that live at home with their moms. Then it's like, all right, I can show you the real me. I can show you the true colors, right? Yeah. So I like that. And, you know, a podcast is literally just an undistracted conversation, which is what I love about doing this because, like, you know, we've this is the first time we're technically meeting you, right? Yeah. But, we probably met at school when I came by before, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. you you were on campus all the time mm-hmm. at games, yeah. in the film room. Like, you, I mean, you were there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you taught us how to roll out. Roll out? Oh, yeah. man, I hated that. I, so I just did that <laughs> uh, so earlier this season, and I was just, like, thinking of what you kind of did, and, and I was just kind of reiterating kind of the way you walked through mm-hmm. it. And I'm sitting up there, like, I barely roll out. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of know what to yeah. do. And I'm just, like, moving through something. I'm like, oh, that kind of, like, feels like I'm doing it right. Oh, and then yeah. I just vocalized it. Yeah. And everyone was buying in, and I'm just like, no, I mean, it's you, so funny. You know what I hated about that? Because, like, that was, like, a weird era with, like, me and the program and Glenn. Because, like... I don't know. It's weird because, like, the young guys think that Glenn loved me at all times. Like, we were like this, and, like, we had our falling outs. Like, we didn't really get close until, like, after college. So, like, when he brought me back, and he's like, hey, I want you to do, like, a thing on rolling out. I'm like, well, I'm not really, like, a PT guy. Why would you ask me? Like, obviously, I rolled out a lot in college. I took care of my body. He probably saw that, but it's like, two things are going through my head. I'm like, A, it's like, I feel like I did a lot more than the program than just showing people how to roll out. Damn, like, why don't you want me to teach people, like, a, a move or something, right? Like, man, tell us. The, you know. And then B, the second thing was, um, uh, are these guys going to take that shit seriously? Like, rolling out? Like, first of all, you guys, even though you're four years, five years younger than me, I feel like as far as um, uh, recovery has come, it's really just taken off. And you'd never see bands and, like, all that stuff you guys have in the locker room on that pole. Like, we had nothing there. Like, when I was playing, it was like, yo, you cracked your back, hit the squat rack, and then sat in the cold tub. Now you guys are, like, have the thumpers rolling out. You guys will have personal ARP waves, like, all this stuff. So I'm like, why am I teaching these kids something they don't even know? And I didn't think you guys would be attentive for 30 whole minutes. I taught you how to roll out for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Like, that was that's the stupidest, like, in my head it was. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder what, like, because I came from a different era of Glenn Caruso. So we were thinking – what Jedi mind trick was he trying to play on either mm. you guys or me? Mm. I mean, you didn't ask questions. You like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come do it, Coach. But it's just like, I wonder what he's trying to get out of this. I remember when y'all lost uh, after I graduated. <laughs> Are we live? We're live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, snap, what's up? <laughs> I thought we were still talking. We're good. We're kicking it. What was I saying? You were talking about how when we lost – um, you kind of had a reaction of <laughs> yeah. You just said what well, we lost. And I was like, we lost you hyped it up. <laughs> no, because it was <laughs> you guys lost and didn't go to the playoffs. Or I think you lost to St. John's when we kicked them field goals. Who was the quarterback? Was it O'Connell still? Yeah. Um, our it was senior. at home, and we missed a field goal. Yeah. 
Okay, wait. So we had just come off basically beating them five years in a row. The first two years, we yes. lost in double, double overtime. So we thought we were like, personnel-wise, way better than St. John. Should never lose that game anymore. And then, B, we were just like, the program is only getting better. So I remember there was like a group chat. I'm not going to say who said it, but there was a group chat. Some older guys like, you guys think Glenn lost on purpose? And I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. He's one of the smartest dudes on earth. Like, maybe, like, he's that good at coaching. He threw a game, and then he wanted the guys to play harder later on. We come and be 9-1 and one and win a national championship. Yeah, reinstill culture. Right. Have a chip on your shoulder. Right. Because that's exactly. the best St. Thomas teams is when they had a chip on their shoulder. Well, that's that's all he did in practice, too. He was trying to create adversity, like like manufacture adversity left and right. So I'm like, nah, he wouldn't do this on no Saturday, though. That's like a Monday <laughs> through Friday thing. <laughs> and then we all sat there for like a second. We're like, would he? Because <laughs> you can't put it past him. Like, them psychology, them psychology guys are so different. Like, him yeah. and – him and Coach Tower, which I'm glad y'all had him on the podcast. I saw that I had to watch that. Mm-hmm. Coach Tower is my dog. I love that dude. It was, he was amazing. We had the best hour sitting with him. It went by so fast, and it fired us up. You guys got cheated. That should have been like a five-hour podcast. It could have been. Because he, he is so smart. He's such a people person. And he's a different brand of successful, too, which is interesting. Because, like, I remember my – I met Coach Tower a few times on campus. Like, I like basketball players. A lot of the basketball players at St. Thomas grew up in the city. So, like, I knew them from around growing up. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, football players were like, you know, they were, you know, there was a lot of Tino Grace kids and a lot of, like, northern Minnesota kids. Like, schools graduated with, like, 100 people listening to Chicken Fried and, and Dirks Bentley, right? So, <laughs> as you can tell, like, hey, I grew up on, I grew up in St. Paul, East Side St. Paul, North St. Paul, Oakdale. Moved to Woodbury for, like, two years. But for the most part, more of an urban upbringing. So, like, I hung up with the basketball players, ran into uh, Coach Tower a few times. And I'm like, all right, you know, this is a good guy. So, I started talking to him more, talking to him more. I started working his camps for, uh, while I was in college. Yeah. And the first time I figured out, because I knew he was super successful, and, like, all the other guys, like, basically meeting Caruso and knowing that to be good at something, I feel like you have to be addicted to it like Caruso is, right? Basically, eat, sleeps, drink, St. Thomas football. Um. And remind me, sleep. Remember that. Caruso and sleep. Remind me that for later because it's another story. All right. Um, I'm thinking, like, that's the only way to be successful in this world. Like, I can't, like, talk my way through life. Or not even talk my way through life, but, like, emotional intelligence isn't as important as just working your butt off all the time. And then mm. I remember I met uh, Coach Tower, and he's he might hate this, but he might love this, too. He's a very cerebral guy. When you talk to him, he'll basically undress you mentally without you even knowing it. And... I was working his basketball camp. He goes, I gives me his keys. He's like, Hey, I left something at my house in the basement, some t-shirts for the kids. Can you go grab them? I'm like, all right, yeah, for sure. So I, you know, go, go ahead, drive to his house. And then I go in his house and whatever, you know, I go to the basement. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in coach tower's house by myself, unattended. Like I got to snoop around. Like, you, know <laughs> you can't just be in his crib and just like, Oh, and walk in and walk out, lock it, make sure, you know, the security's on the leave. So, I'm just going around, okay, pretty regular guy house, you know, no, no, like, uh, uh, secret laboratory in the basement. Like, you know, that one bookshelf in the, in the, in the, in, in the cartoons, you pull in the thing turns around. I was looking for something like that, but that didn't happen. So I go up to his room and I'm sorry, coach. I got to tell this. Story yeah. Wait, you went into his room? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? And that's on the no, second floor. No, be honest floor. though. Y'all talking, but like you do the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, so I'm putting my shoes in coach Caruso. I'm going into Glenn's house and I'm. I, I'm the only one in there. Am I going into his room, or does he have some type of? Uh, you he know, does. He's, yeah, you're right. He might. He's, he's got a, his room booby trap. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! 
My bad, I'm knocking this microphone out. Yeah. Okay, all right, to be fair, let me step back because I know Coach Tyler's going to see this. I didn't go into his room. I just went upstairs, right? Okay. okay. And, and his room was open. Yep. So I looked in and then I, I put my head in. And before you know, I'm in his room, okay? So <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I was in there and I'm like, got like a bed god i feel like i shouldn't say this but whatever coach tower um i love you john uh i went into his room there's like no no headboard which as a kid i'm thinking like the difference between like my parents room and our rooms and like college kids rooms and grown people room is a headboard Mm -hmm. i'm like there's no headboard this is like just like a bed it's made but it's just a bed i'm like okay where and then he's got like clothes on the floor little unorganized oh and i'm like I think I'm in love. Like, <laughs> yeah, I found like somebody who, who is super good at what he does, super successful. Um, whether it's in sports, whether it's in, in um, psychology, and another like and dishes in the sink too. That's another thing that that threw me uh, off because like you know how they do like oh successful people make their bed every morning. No, Coach Tower don't make his bed. Successful people hang up their clothes, don't leave clothes, and they're like nope, Coach Tower. You know he's got a clean clothes pile, dirty clothes pile, and like uh, I might wear this again for another workout because I didn't sweat too much. And I'm just sitting here, like, looking in the house, like, this is a regular guy with, with a talented regular guy and passionate, but, like, basically, he didn't read any of the self-help books that everybody else reads. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Self-help books are like, you know, make your bed every morning. Make sure you wake up at 530 in the morning. Do some yoga. Uh, meditate. Uh, yeah, drink meditate. water. Don't yep. do to-do lists. It's all about separate uh, time blocking and, like, stuff like that. And, like, Coach Ty was like, no, there's other ways to make it, and it's his way. So... That was one of the. That was like one of the first times I really started clinging to Coach Tower, and I text him all the time. We'll have psychology conversations like randomly, so I consider myself an amateur psychologist. Essentially, like I can break down a situation, but I have no idea what the technical terms of what I just did. But Coach Tower put all those like big words and big jargon into it, mm-hmm. and um, Coach Tower is. Um, he actually, I think he gets annoyed at me sometimes because, like, every time something happens in my life, like, I'll text him. I'm like, yo, like, why don't girls like me? Or some stuff like that. <laughs> sure. And we'll talk for a little bit. Be like, all right, I'll, we'll see you later. Yeah, but what about this? And, like, we'll just end up, like, talking for I remember one time I ran into him at Lifetime. And we was chilling at Lifetime. And I think he was, like, 10 minutes into the workout. He's like, yeah, I got to pick up my son in about 45 minutes. But what's going on? 45 minutes later, we're still talking. He's like, all right, now I got to go. And I didn't get a workout. Thank you very much, Al. <laughs> so it's just one of the things where it's, uh, Coach Tower is my only white role model. Mm. Got a lot of role models in life of people I know, mentors. How about not role models, mentors? Sure. Got a lot of mentors in life. And Coach Tower, I even tell him it's like he's my only white mentor. Right. That's on. awesome. You mentioned kind of how you you saw Coach Tower and you realized you didn't need to be obsessive over something to become elite, to become the best. And that's kind of how you looked at Coach Caruso. Um, Using those both perspectives and kind of morphing it into line of scrimmage and your life after football, if you want to get into that a little bit as well. But how were you able to take both of those perspectives and then create your own kind of persona as a leader? Um, well, before, I'm not going to say not obsessive. Cause I think you still have to have some sort of level of, of obsession to be good at something, especially something that a lot of people do. Like, you can't just like kind of like – well, there's some people that can, but you can't just like kind of like football and be a Hall of Famer someday. I still think there's some obsession that needs to happen, but I'm just saying to be, excuse me, to be known as like a regimented person. Like, I think Coach Tower is somewhat regimented, but I don't think his whole life is scripted. Like, I feel like if I walk into Coach Caruso's room, like, it looks like the first time walking into the Ritz-Carlton. Like, the sheets are all tucked under. You can pull them over if you want to. Probably a chocolate on his pillow, right? The He cleans the shower after every time he leaves. And it's just like spotless. It looks like a model home in a new development neighborhood. 
And that's what I would think of Coach, just because, like, if you've ever walked into his office, it's always clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you ever walked into Coach Tower's office, it's it's a little cluttered, right? But I think there's just, like, two forms of genius. Sure. Right? Yeah. So that's why I wanted to say that first. I wasn't okay. saying that he just wasn't obsessive because he's definitely obsessive about what he does. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and I, I, also, I just like the idea that there is a, a dynamic there that exists because when Tower came over and, you know, we're talking football and Crusoe and their dynamic between each other. Yeah. He was saying like Oh yeah. He's like, Glenn, I can never do what you do, man. Like yeah. don't you ever think that you could just like he's like, I'll let the you know, I'll let the point guard make a couple decisions, like let him play the game and stuff. He's like, Glenn, I don't know if you could do that. Like <laughs> I don't know if you could just yeah. let him take control of the court. Man. And like that's why he's like a basketball coach. Mm-hmm. That's why Saint Thomas runs the offense that mm-hmm. they do, like and he was backing it all up, right? He's like, Yeah, I let these guys shoot more threes this year and it's the most we've ever shot threes and yeah. he's just going through all the strategy. I'm like, Wow, this is crazy like mm-hmm. there's such a different dynamic there yeah um that's very obvious but it works to your yeah. point no it does work and it's a different kind of work if you their their relationship is interesting to me because they are so polar opposites yeah but they are cool as hell. i remember I remember when i was a junior i was working one of his camps and coach tower was telling me about like when i when i tell y'all about like when crusoe first came on campus he was so like business you know like if we come late from a class on south campus <clears throat> he'd be like uh, there's no excuse to be late for class on South Campus. I walk there every day, and it takes me four and a half minutes exactly on the or like four minutes and fifteen seconds. I I count. I'm like, damn, that's crazy that you counted that. And second of all, like, you know how fast you got to walk because like I'm a talkative person, so you know I skip through. Oh, shake hands, you know, you know, hug girls, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Kiss and I'm making like thirty five minutes from South Campus to North Campus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Coach Tower, we were, it was a summer, and he was telling me about like, yeah, Crusoe came over last night. We started playing MVP baseball. It's like some old baseball game from, like, Super Nintendo. And Chris okay. was like, yeah, I used to play this in college all the time, like, back in the 80s when, you know, or not, I think early 90s. And Chris was like, yeah, I'm undefeated, never lost. And, like, I, I like, LeVar Ball or whatever, undefeated, yeah, yeah. never lost. Sure, and, like, sure. of course, like, to the Coach Caruso we knew at the time, like, of course he never lost. Of course he's the best at that video game because the way he runs his life. Like, we play video games for fun. He plays video games to be better than Ninja, right? So... Coach Tower tells me how, like, he's going back and forth with Glenn for, like, five hours, which is, like, to me, at that time, Glenn planned his whole life, as far as we were concerned. We never saw Glenn be, like, personified like he wasn't a human. Like, oh, wait, Glenn gets caught up in video games for five hours with a buddy? Like, yeah. I, I didn't see that happen. Like, this dude, right. this dude naps for seven minutes and, like... Looks at his clock like, all right, three, two, one, goes to sleep, and then wakes right back up. Like, there's actually stories about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But you know what's funny is, like, what you're bringing up, too, is kind of what Andrew and I are trying to attack with this podcast a little bit is, like, bring on these big people, leaders, things that you see that, in like, these people in the, in the world that you, like, put on a pedestal, right? These towers, Carusos, all these different people that you look highly upon. But then bring out things in them that are relatable, and they – you realize that they blow your they blow their nose just like you do, right. and they get they play five hours of video games just like you do. Like there are certain little things that when you find that out, you it's not that you look at them differently, mm-hmm. but you are almost more comfortable. You're like, oh, right. oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. Like that's exactly. awesome. Like when I found out, like I'm a big football guy. I love football guys like Gruden and Les Miles, oh, all these different people. And uh, we're going into junior year camp, spring camp, and Caruso is talking about how he's been getting ready for the first day of practice. And he's like, in the last couple of years, you know, 
first day of practice, third, by the time I get to third day, like I lose my voice. So this year I got a little better. This year I started screaming in my pillow for five minutes before bed every single night. I was like, that's the best thing that I've ever heard in my life. Right. Glenn Crusoe screaming right. as loud as he can into his pillow for five minutes so that he doesn't lose his voice Man. for the first day at camp. When you talk about preparation, there's not many people on this earth. And I can say that I've met enough people on this earth to know there's not many people on this earth more prepared for anything than Glenn Caruso. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. he could be in an elevator and it could stop and he would know exactly where to exit just because he's played that scenario in his head so many times. Probably went on Google one night just like, just in case I get stuck in an elevator, what should I do? I remember, he would tell me when he was a GA, and these are stories when I was thinking about getting into coaching. When he was a GA, he basically had a book like this thick, a book of stuff that if he were to run his own program, he would do this. Or, wow. and then basically that after years and before he got a head coach job, he's like, all right, so now I'm going back into this book because like coach makes a bad call. I'm never making that call. Or, you know, I like what coach blah, blah, blah did. I'm going to do that. And basically, and then on top of that, he takes notes after every practice. I don't think you guys know this. So he does practice notes. Did he ever let you guys know about that? I know he's always got his little purple pen and he's, okay. he's writing on that practice sheet. Yeah. He like did like, I don't know if y'all old enough, but uh, Doug, the, the show Doug Funny. Y'all don't remember that? Nope. It's over right. my head. Whatever. Doug, it was old Nickelodeon show. And he was like, oh, Dear Diary. And whatever. He just talked about the day. Gotcha. And Glenn would Dear Diary every practice, which is wild to me. Because, like, all that adrenaline from the whole day. Football is more of a, a doing sport rather than a, a preparing. Well, not preparing, but, like, post-reflecting and, you know, writing, like, n not novels, but. Damn near close. Yeah. Writing, mm -hmm. writing some sort of uh, memoir to yourself. He made sure he did that every single day. And then he would reference it like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but um, your freshman year, uh, seventh practice at camp, you did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? I did, huh? Like, I don't even remember that. I kind of remember, but how do you remember the practice? Oh, no, I take notes all the time. I remember exactly. This is where we started to law, so I make sure this practice we made it easy. And I'm like, okay, that preparation is ridiculous. And that's kind of why I didn't think Glenn was human. I thought he was a cyborg when I was in college because mm -hmm. he was just like, like damn. So your first year what at St. Thomas was what? Uh, 2009. 2009. Fall. Okay, fall. So, so that was Coach Grusso's second year. Second year, yeah. Okay, so I want to know, I mean, because Andrew and I, our first year was 2014. So yeah. by that time, we had already gone to a national title. We had guys <laughs> like you play. We had, uh, like, Tommy Becker, all these different, like, yeah. quote-unquote legends who yeah. were talked to us and – put on this pedestal since day one like we had a established legacy of st thomas football by the time we showed up yeah what was it like showing up the first day in 2009 with glenn crusoe in his second year at um, St. Thomas? that's a good question and honestly we'd have to do like a five-part series on a podcast to talk about that because it's a good idea like i'm a st paul kid i knew about st thomas i didn't know a whole lot i knew like they, you know they had some cute little football team uh basketball was decent but that's like <laughs> and if I could just keep it blunt, that's like where the white kids played after high, after high school. Sure. They couldn't play, you know, at a high level. So I was actually committed. Uh, I had a few walk-on offers to, like, some bigger D1 schools um, during the recession. Couldn't afford to, like, just pay for school straight up. So I had to take one of my scholarships. So I narrowed down a few of my D2 scholarships, Concordia. And I was con committed Concordia last minute. Basically, my family cornered me, and Caruso played a Jedi mind trick on me, I think, in recruiting. And basically got me to decommit, and I ended up going to St. Thomas. So I get on campus, I'm thinking, like, I, right, you know, Michigan State wanted me, you know what I'm saying? South Dakota State, Northern Illinois, like, man, whatever. Like, this is going to be cool. I just go out there. Like, I, I love working hard, so I didn't get, like, lazy or anything, but I'm like, all right, you know, first day, 
just go out there and get 59 sacks and let's just call it a career, right? <laughs> so we get there and campus is ugly. The weight room is worse than my high school weight room. The locker room look like look like this. <laughs> like, you know, not knocking this. No though. disrespect to y'all, but it's just like there's like pipes everywhere. You can see like the asbestos in the ceiling and mm-hmm. just like roaches, just like <laughs> like, hey, turn the light off. That's the roaches talking, by the way. Yeah. And uh I'm like, if that speaks about what this program is about, like all the visits I went on, all the nice places I've been, like, this is gonna be walking the park. So I get there and we got some ball players. We got Josh Ostru, who's a dog and I mean, he transfers from from uh, St. Cloud State, but he's got the body of a Division One football player. You know, six four, three hundred five, and he moves well. We got guys like Fritz, and Fritz is Fritz was cold. Like I I didn't really know Fritz in high school, but I heard about him, and I didn't know this is where he went. I assumed he went to an Ivy League or like a Division One Double A. So I'm seeing Fritz out there. I'm like, oh damn, okay, Fritz is nice. I'm seeing Tommy Becker, and like, yo, when I tell you, I got stories about Tommy That's for like mean, days. Dude. Yeah, Tommy's just like. When I he was a little out of shape my freshman year, and he'll be the first one to say this too. Because he, he came from the U of M. Yeah, he was like two sixty five, mm-hmm. and like big dumbass forearms, tatted everywhere. And I kind of gravitated toward, towards Tommy a little bit because he wasn't like the rest of St. Thomas kids. Like he was a Maple Grove kid, but he had a little bit of edge on him. So like you know, what I'm saying we he listened to Gorilla, Gorilla Zoe, be wearing like Jordans. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. yeah, no, nah, I mess with Tommy. He's cool. Quick story about uh, Tommy Becker. I went to Italy with him. And he suited up against the Italians. Oh, my God. And we he played middle linebacker and then on kickoff. And he was right in front of me on kickoff. And I just let him go. Like, I ran right behind oh. him. Oh, and he just to. he ran through someone. And then ran, I think maybe ran through another person making the tackle. And I'm just sitting there just, like, bouncing off him. I'm a good six years younger than him out on the field and just having a blast. <laughs> Yo, and that's, that's funny because that's, like, in shape, health and body conscious Tommy, Tommy okay. Becker. Yeah. I'm talking, like, Tommy Becker. Rec- no reckless, like reckless abandonment, no regard for life, horrible tamper manners, just like that type of guy. Okay. So I remember <laughs> I went on a visit to St. Thomas and like Brady Irvin was there too. Brady yeah. the body. I don't know if you heard about him. Six oh, two, yeah. like just built. Like I'm like, damn, this and was St. Thomas. Beautiful for the record. Oh, he, Brady's sexy. I love Brady. Yep. What's up, Brady? Um, <laughs> I get on campus and we go to the spring game and you know it's Brady. Brady making plays everywhere. I'm like, okay, okay, Josh Ostrew, Fritz, and then Tommy Becker would just like. He had the, and this is before where you couldn't wear um, visors that were colored. He had just like the the dark Ladanian Tomlinson uh, visor, yeah. tattoos. He had wristbands everywhere. Calves was like the size of <clears throat> like a bat, two basketballs. That's what it looked like. He had, uh, like I said, tatted everywhere, big arms, everything. And he's just going out there like ISO. He's taking out the fullback, the guard, and the running back at the same time. Like just one hit. So me and Ross Bailey, and Ross went to Woodbury with me. We both committed St. Thomas, and we became friends that year, and we just make jokes because, like, damn, I'm afraid of Tommy Becker. Like, I don't want to drink with him. Like, Tommy invited us after the spring. He was like, hey, we having a party later. You guys want to come? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll come. And then we talked about it in the car. We're like, hey, man, I don't think it's a good idea if we party with that guy. Like, I don't think we're going to make it out of here alive. So we make, like, Tommy Becker jokes all the time. Like, like uh, I forgot who it was. It was, like, back when the Vikings were good. Like, yeah, I don't know if anyone could stop the Vikings. And, like, we're also whispering in class to be like, I think Tommy Becker could stop that. Yeah, like, we, yeah we made Chuck yeah. Norris jokes about Tommy Becker for like two years. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's so cool. That's wild. Those are some boys. That's so, awesome. So did you travel and play freshman year? Yeah, so um, it's weird. I, I I technically started. We had a 6D line rotation. So like it'd be like a different start every game. But mm-hmm. it was basically like f- six or five of us. And we go three plays a pop. So, yeah. 
In other words, I did start. I didn't take all the reps, but I did start. Okay, and then 2009 was the first winning season for Coach? No, I think it was the year before I got there. But okay. 2009 was the first year we went to the playoffs. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. So we were yeah. nine and one. We lost to St. John's, which they were trash that year. I'm sorry, they weren't. No, they was trash. They was trash. They were trash. Um, they weren't that good, and we lost to them. Which St. John's, there is something about their magic because we never play as well as we should. But we went up there, lost in double overtime. My boy Steve Johnson, shout out Steve, got uh, a pitch to the end zone, took it like 15 yards, and it's just like picture of me crying on all fours because I can't stand St. John's. Like I hated St. John's before I knew what Division three football was. Damn. Uh, yeah. Wow. My old high school coach was like a legend up there. <clears throat> He's like all time. He just made the Division three all decade team actually um, for two decades, which is wild, right? Um, and all he did is talk about St. John's in high school. And me and him didn't have the best relationship at the time either. So like anything St. John's, I just wanted nothing about. Yeah, I all. can imagine. I so can you're imagine. talking about how you came into St. Uh, Thomas and you, you know, you you realized you were probably a better athlete than the majority of the people there, if not all. No, that's what I was thinking. You, exactly. That's, that's what, what I you was were thinking, thinking yeah. early. Yeah. And then you're moving through after your your freshman year, your sophomore year, getting through the program. Not even that. I'm talking about practice. So, okay. like, yeah. when we talk about the mic, the mic was pretty ass. Like, there's a reason we getting kicked out, right? But <clears throat> practice was tough for me. Like, dudes were holding me. And I don't mean, like, holding, like, literal, like, the holding penalty. Like, Holding, like, in basketball, and I'm going to give you guys a little, like, inner city lingo. Like, when you play basketball, yeah, you can't hold me. That means you can't guard me. You can't mm-hmm. stop me, whatever, right? So, dudes were, like, holding me, and, like, they were holding, like, the mess out of me. Like, I couldn't really make stuff happen. I'm like, man, I thought this was Division three. Like, these boys can play. Like, I thought Division three was, like, you know, um, a glorified high school. Yeah. And then we got out to the first game. We played McAllister. I'm like, oh, no, that's just us. We just won by 70. Fritz scored 47 touchdowns. Warman ran for 1,000 yards, like, Legend has it, he's still running on McAllister's field to this day. <laughs> to <go>. this day. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you think, uh, like, it, what what I really like about, you know, asking, like, older guys like you about the older program. Older guys. Oh, damn. dude, you're like five, six years older than us. But you're, young, you're a young look, though. Damn. You look, you look great. You look young. Boy, you look good. <laughs> God, you look great. And Appreciate now you got the football it. on your hand, too. Like, this it's is the only this way. Is a, this is kind of a Nirvana moment for you. <laughs> and I want to say that for you. Uh, I'll put those words in your mouth. Um, but I always like kind of unpacking that because, and Caruso talks about all the time, is like the legacy aspect. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, this is so cool that we got the big news that, like, St. Thomas is going D1. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy to think about as a couple D3 football players mm-hmm. that, you know, we're going to be saying it to everybody. Of course. We play of D1. Course, yeah. That's yeah, easy. That's, a, that's a guaranteed. It's a must. That's guaranteed. So, like, I guess it's good to just unpack, like, hey, where'd you come from to get to this point? Like, yeah. we were smoking people back in 2009 when it was, I mean, the Mayak back then. Now look at us today. I okay. mean, granted, we did lose to Eau Claire, and there's some blurred lines within the whole system. But, like, yeah. what do you think about where we're going now and how our legacy affects that. I think um, we're only five years apart. We probably missed each other by a season. Mm-hmm. But I feel like y'all's experience in St. Thomas <clears throat> excuse me, was different than mine. Oh, big yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. Not only did we, like, come from, like, a lower place. Not a lower place, but we had to deal with a few things. A, facilities, we didn't have that. B, support on campus, we didn't have that. We go to parties and people are like, you guys think you're so sick, you're not. Like, get out of here, bro. Like, stuff like that. Like, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I got later on, people actually liked us. Like, oh, man, the football teams come on. They come to kick it with us. Um, athletes. Uh, we still had, like, an older class of guys that Caruso didn't recruit that were not amazing athletes, not super mentally strong. And then Caruso was trying to push those guys out. Same thing with Wally. So I experienced, like, a different Wally than you guys where it's like yeah. – I feel like by the time I was a senior, we coached the younger guys. 
and then the younger guys from then on would be the older guys and then coach the next group. Mm-hmm. But this was tough coaching from these guys day one. Like, they came out screaming. Like, if you ever imagine, like, hard knocks in the first day of camp, like, the coach always walks in like, hey, guys, how you doing? I'm a coach. We're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. Like, I I just remember, like, walking to Wally's first meeting. He's like, if you guys think, whoa, 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 blah, 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 this and that. And it's like, damn, y'all screaming on the barbecue? Like, we haven't even started practice yet. You know when we just grilled? <laughs> yeah. They just screaming already. And everybody's yelling. Everyone's like, yeah, don't mess with them. I'm like, I don't know if I like this college football thing, man. Like, this is nuts. Like, I want to laugh. Like, where's the, where's, the, where's the player and team skits where you make fun of guys? Like, right. we were worked. Um... Remember my first game where I just figured out like, oh wow, we actually play for a good program now. First game my sophomore year after we did the playoff run and we you know we we're all over the news and whatnot. Sophomore year we get out there we're playing River Falls. I'm like, oh here comes another Tommy game, whatever. Like let's just you know let's play hard, but let's get to the playoffs, fellas. We get out there, we got the new stadium, the new Anderson, and the stadium's packed for the first time I ever saw it. You guys probably had a packed stadium every time you played. Majority. Yep. When I was a freshman, it was just like friends and family. And Gene McGivern. <laughs> like, that was it. <laughs> it was like 13 people out there. And, like, you can hear, like, run the ball. And it's like, that's Fritz's mom. Like, you can hear, like, hey, Fritz's mom, what's going on? But we got out there. It's like, wow, we actually have, like, fans. Like, people that we don't know are at this game. People we don't know are coming to see us. People, like, one of the kids take pictures with us. Like, not on a ridiculous, like, gopher scale. But it was like, wow, like, this has changed. Like, I saw that yeah. change in a year. Wow. Now we're in a locker room that's like we actually want to put – I mean, we didn't have Snapchat back then, but we actually want to put our locker room on Snapchat. Yeah, oh, we yeah. We didn't have those, like, old-school, like, see-through YMCA lockers from – um, uh, what's an old football movie? Yeah. Remember the Titans. The, the pro, oh, yeah. Remember the Titans. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. real old. There mm-hmm. we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> we didn't have – like, we wore Russell. That's that's a big – that's a oh, big yeah. – that's, <laughs> that's all you got to say. Right. That's a microcosm of what our program – came from and what is now like y'all got the sexiest purple jerseys now we had these ugly russell jerseys yeah those russell jerseys were our practice uniforms our freshman year Mm -hmm. maybe our sophomore year no just freshman just freshman year then our sophomore year we got the secondary nike ones right by that time which says a lot we used to fight over practice pants because like some pants like oh these are decent practice pants i get through other pants look like negro league baseball pants they were just like Mad baggy, <laughs> and then That's you always a great way to describe. <laughs> you know, you, you getting it right. Like when you think of like the old Babe Ruth pictures, yeah. And he's just got he's got his stuff rolled up. Yeah, you might as well and, be smoking cigarettes. Yeah, right. Exactly. We had Joe Namath's practice pants in jock stripes. <laughs> so like, I just look and it was like, dang. Like it's cool to know that we were a part of that, but it's crazy for that reason. I feel like I had a different college experience, even though we probably had the same coaching staff like that coaches staff didn't really change like three four years ago yeah but we probably have for the most part the same coaches the same guys oh yeah it was just a completely different experience oh yeah totally agree and that's yeah. that's kind of the the coolest part right like we in, and I, I think we were like the last class that experienced some like really punch in the mouth failure like mm-hmm. our freshman year like lost to st john's at home Barely make the playoffs. Right. We also lost and, to Bethel. And lost to Bethel that At year. Bethel, I mean, like, yeah. we, we went through kind of the ringer. Yeah. And then lost and to Warburg in the playoffs. Lost to, exactly. Yeah. And then we come back sophomore year, and it's like everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. No one knows who's really going to be starting, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the defensive side. And then that was the year we go to the national title. Yeah. And then basically since then, we continued that swagger. And I would right. say it still probably exists somewhat to this day. Yeah. Where you're looking at a class that was at the class behind us, or the class I graduated in 2019. Those guys had no idea about mm. like losing to right like other teams. Right, they we just steamrolled everybody. Well, like that class y'all talk about, like the class with um 
Who am I thinking of? Sean Hamlin. No, uh, even, or older, ahead of us. even older than Older, them. older. Okay. Yeah, so like Tremaine and those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those guys. So I lost one game, and that was my freshman year, and mm-hmm. I didn't lose again, basically. Wow. So like those guys were kind of a product of coming to the new Anderson Student Center, having a D3 program with like D1 uh, uh, like it smelled D one, right? The way we practiced, yeah. the way everything it was business. Like we had the money, we weren't traveling on the yellow school buses anymore. We had coach buses now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So they were. They came into a program kind of like I assume that you guys somewhat came into, where it's just like everything's good, and they had to take that lump. I feel like that season was good for the program because it was the first oh, time yeah. people took a lump because we took a like an unwarranted lump early on. For sure. Yeah. And now we're transforming into a – we have one more or two more years of – One more year of Mayak, Mayak football. football. And yeah. then after that, we're going D1. But we don't really know what mm-hmm. conference. I think or, regardless. What or it, if. Or if. That's true. We could yeah. not get accepted and go D2. No, right? or, or they could just not be football. They could bag football. That's a very – like, I don't think you people think realize so? that. I don't think it will happen. But it's a chance. But, like, when you think about money, like, people don't realize college sports. The only people that make money are, like – a few like half the power five teams everybody else is all come from donors and it's losing money it's just good for the morale of the school there's gonna be some big decisions that have to be made right yeah. and football is an expensive program to keep and I, I read somewhere it's like you gotta decide between football and hockey and it's like even though our hockey program isn't as great as we are it's still hockey in minnesota mm-hmm. yeah. like they go d1 day one they're going to be profitable they're going to play in the wcha and they're going to get a bunch of transfers that want to stay home that aren't good enough to go to the U. Not everybody wants to go well, Not everybody wants to go to school. If you're from Edina, you don't want to go to school in Bemidji. You don't want to go to school in Mankato. Or you don't want to go to St. Cloud. You know what I mean? Well, I that's mean, why I think we have a distinct advantage. Right. Not only are we like in St. Paul on a beautiful campus, yeah. we have, like, I mean, a lot of hot girls for sure. But like, yeah, on, right, on, yeah, the, right. like, a, like a Except for the ones that curved me. They were yeah, ugly. Sure. They were all yeah, ugly. Yeah, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. But you That's see what I'm getting at, like, put it because I've always looked at all those like intangibles correlating to why football is going to win. Mm-hmm. But that can correlate to why hockey should win as well. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to you're entering into potentially the Summit League, yeah. which doesn't have either of those sports, right. and you need to decide between one, and you're in a state if of that's hockey. The, if that's the if that's what needs to happen, right? People don't realize now that we D one, now that we're about to be D one, we're not going to look at it the same way. It's not going to be like football's a tradition. That's cute. We got a bottom line to meet. You know what I mean? And like yeah. you guys said, you know, Julie Sullivan's business. Phil Aston, I've talked to a few times. He's business. And like I yeah. said, if if you got to make some decisions, I wouldn't be personally. I w- I'm not saying anything that I've heard because I have heard some things, but this is not off of what I heard. I think people just need to realize that we might not have some sports anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very viable that it might be football. I mean, we in Minnesota, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to make it. It's it makes sense to make the argument, but at the same time, it's just like how could you how could you eliminate the the one sport i would argue that is just like has been at the at the epitome yeah. of a lot of tradition at St. Thomas. And it's so funny you say that cuz i was just thinking about um that that's just not the case. Like when everybody was talking about the St. Thomas getting kicked out the mic, with all due respect by the way. When yeah. the, when St. Thomas was getting everyone was talking about us getting kicked out the mic, i'm like, "Damn, we were so bad at football like before Glenn got there yeah. for the most part." Oh yeah. But when we look at track, I ran track for a little bit. We won like 35 straight conference titles. Mm-hmm. Volleyball still, had, still winning. Uh, still winning. Mm-hmm. Baseball had like 10, uh, like four, three national titles. Um, Swimming, softball. Who's the softball coach? What's the name again? I forget um, his name all the time. Uh, Ch- Ch- uh, Chia. Cheetah. Yeah, Cheetah. Great dude. Mm-hmm. Cheetah, like, Joe Mauer texts Cheetah like weekly for advice on how to swing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
football was not a big deal at St. Thomas. And no. I feel like it's funny people want to kick us out of the mic for 10 years of success of football when, like, y'all should have been kicked us out because, like, our, our women's basketball team beat somebody 100 to zero. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that should be the reason we got kicked out, not because mm-hmm. of the football team. Like, we're not yeah. even – I mean, we're good. We ain't got a title. And we've we've gotten a few losses. Like St. John's sure. was way more successful football wise. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was weird because like I was I was the one fighting that it wasn't a football decision. But it sounds like now that 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 was the main reason was that game that's on your shirt right now, which which was, is crazy. Ninety seven nothing, and yeah. then there was an eighty four nothing against Hamlin. And those are the the quotes in every article mentioned those two games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Like we beat up on those teams. St. John's does similar things. Mount Union does that all the time. Mount Union does yeah. all that. But it, it goes back to your point. We never capitalized and won a national championship. Granted, we were beaten up on teams that mm-hmm. we should have won. Mm-hmm. We never won a national championship. Yeah. So why are you removing us from a division that we can't even win the title? And, and you're putting our sport on that pedestal. For sure, yeah. yeah and that it, was, it was weird the whole time going through that process. And yeah. like you guys said, like you guys came to a program where you think football was legendary. And it just like, right. for us, it wasn't. Like, we, it was the basketball team. The basketball guys, they they had the real strong alumni connection. Mm-hmm. They got all the girls. They had the best parties. Yeah, like, the treehouse. I lived there. The treehouse. Wasn't that? it? No, it was. The barn? Yeah, the barn. Sorry. Yeah, the barn. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, shout out to the barn, by the way. Some good times. <laughs> Some good times. But, um... <clears throat> It was it was basketball. It was you know softball, baseball, yeah. the, the other sports with actual pro athletes, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't football. So, yeah. do you think logistically um, the move is, or I guess for like if you were if we were to play it through D one, like do we have to get like a bigger stadium and all that stuff too? Like I mean, are there like a lot more roadblocks? Probably, or? it would make sense. I mean, I just see us like the 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 stars are aligning. We got Allianz Field a mile away. That's what we were saying. I see that being a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll yeah. See Especially how the game goes there. in two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess transitioning a little bit more to you, man. Like, line of scrimmage, that's really how we found you. Okay. And you know what's funny is, uh, so we were trying to get you on for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, bad. no, 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 not your fault at I all. I just want to big time y'all like three times to let y'all know. I love yeah, no, 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 no. my time. Yeah, and then you like, come on you back. directed us to a couple different accounts. Like, hey, no, reach out to me. And then <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, we get to, we get actual IO's yeah, account now. This is I, great. I, get to talk, I got to talk to my publicist first. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah. No, but it was funny is, uh, so we were talking to Jordan Roberts, who's like one of our really good friends. Love and he was telling us, he's like, yeah, I don't even think IO knows you guys played football. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what which was like, this? Because I I knew once I found out the podcast that that was, that you guys played, but I didn't know who you guys were personally. Yeah. Which no disrespect, like you're not gonna know a couple. A lot of dudes. We don't look like St. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, we it's look a, like the rest of them. It's a lot of white dudes. Oh, with, yeah. with great oh, yeah. eyes and you know good strong jaw lines that look like you guys, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually, the way I found out about you guys was through Rosie. I never played with Rosie, but Rosie's that's my man, fifty grand. Like that's my dog, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, he just reposted some on Facebook. I'm like, oh, Rosie's on the podcast. I I commented, I'm like, yeah, bet, boom, 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 whatever. Like that was tight. And then I watched the whole podcast. I didn't watch the whole podcast yet. Then I saw you guys had someone else on. I think it was like, might have been Jesse or yeah, um, it was Jesse. Okay. Or no, it was Julie Sullivan, maybe or okay. Jesse, whatever. Whoever it was, I saw you guys said, I like that you like the cognac. By the way, yeah, it's very. We cool. got to bring a cigar up here next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I, I saw that um that you had him. I'm like, who are these guys? So I texted him. I'm like, hey, Rosie, what podcast were you on? Like, who were those guys? Blah, blah, this and that. I'm like, yeah, these guys from St. Thomas, real good dudes. Like, and when Rosie gives you guys the thumbs up, I'm like, all right, they some cool dudes. And they actually kind of told me about your guys' story, which made you like, made me like you even better because I came, I was in that St. Thomas circle where it's just like, everybody wants to work at Ecolab and and, uh, and Ernst & Young someday, but people don't want to kind of step out their circle and do something, not of substance, but something that's just different. 
right? So when he told me the story about you guys, like, yeah, you know, these guys on the team, and they started this podcast a while ago, and, like, people would, like, make fun of them and stuff and say they were stupid and it was dumb. But, like, look at them now, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's, I love that story, and I got to hop on. Like, it's not like I'm getting podcast requests left and right, but if I was, y'all definitely would have been at the top of the list. Appreciate that. That's like awesome. That. Yeah, Rosie. That's awesome. You see that fumble? Yeah, hey, High tight. Rosie's, so shout out Rosie, by the way. Shout out Rosie. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been listening to us since day one, and all, and we would – we were both on the scout team when we first started this and he would be asking us all the questions mm-hmm. and he would be always asking us just like who are you guys getting on challenging us to be better and everything. So right. He's yeah. a great dude. And he's always been uh, talking about mentors. He's been a mentor of ours. Yeah. For, Rosie's cool as a fan, man. Mm-hmm. He's cool as a fan. He deserves all the success he's having down at uh, Iowa, Iowa state. state. Right now, yeah. So. Which is sick. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, like we, I mean, when we caught wind or who challenged us to get Iowa, I'm trying to remember. Could have been, been. It could have been. It could have been Coach it, Rosie. I think it was Rosie. Was though. it really? It might have been Rosie, and then I think uh, Jesse definitely mentioned you, Dan Ferrazzo, because Dan Ferrazzo loves. Ferraz bro was on here. Ferraz, no, he hasn't come on. yet. Oh, okay. He's, yeah. Like, yeah. he's been doing the same thing you've been doing, where he's like, I got busy here, busy here. Ferrazzo's yeah. slinging them houses, man. I know, you know he's yeah, busy. No, he's, he's getting all, married, and he's got. I all love that kid. So, fun fact: I've known Ferrazzo since he was in like kindergarten. Really? So I grew up playing for North St. Paul. Frazzle went to Montemita. Mm-hmm. So we rivaled in football growing up and through high school until I moved away. But Frazzle was the same grade as my brother, and they just used to battle. Frazzle was oh. known as, like, the fastest white boy in America when we was growing up. Like, for when Frazzle was, like, running the ball, like, y'all better stop him in the backfield before anything happens. So shout out Dan. What's up, I man? love Dan. Yep. But, uh, I mean, we really found you through um, – Dan, like all the older guys were like, yeah. dude, you gotta have I gotta have I on. <laughs> and then like I it just made a ton of sense when I started following your line of scrimmage account, mm-hmm. which is just so damn cool. I appreciate when it. When did you start that? Man, line of scrimmage, I think it's been in the works for twenty eight and a half years, as old as I am. There you go. Uh I was a passionate kid about football, man. Like my parents are African immigrants. Okay. So when it comes to like the way you guys remember football isn't the way I remember football. Like your mm. dad probably put like a, a football in your crib when you were two. Like, yes. I just remember oh, seeing, yeah. like, oh, I was a big kid. I was kind of fat. I was a big kid. Like, if we did, like, a choir concert, like, that school panoramic, I was top middle all the time. <laughs> and I didn't really, I, not that I didn't fit in, but I was, an Afri- I was an African kid, too. So, like, uh, culturally, I didn't fit in, and then I was a big kid. So, football was that one thing that I'm just like, what are these dudes doing on TV? Hitting each other, scoring touchdowns. Like, this is kind of tight. My dad, that was one thing, too. We kind of, like, bonded on, too. So, my dad loved football. I love football. And uh, line of scrimmage was something I just wanted more. I wanted more football in my life. Like, I wanted to get better, but I didn't know how. Like, we talk about high school, and, like, my high school years was squatting my ass off and running stadium stairs for hours until, like, I couldn't walk no more. That's how I thought I was getting better, which, like, you get more athletic, you get in better condition. You don't get better at a technical sport that way. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things. I never really had, like, a football mentor until later on. when It, it wasn't too late, but, like, obviously I had, I had like, a three-year pro career. I had, like, a cup of coffee in the NFL, and, like, that got cut short because I just wasn't prepared to be there yet. So, basically, when I got done and I started playing, I would just work with, like, the high school kids from where I was from, and those kids turned into college players. A few of those college players turned into NFL players. Now, I'm not playing football anymore, but I'm in, I'm in, I'm a financial professional. I'm in the wealth management industry, but it's one of those things where I was like, I got to make a decision here. Like, I can't keep working with these guys, even though they keep texting me back. I can't keep working with these guys. Or else I'm going to get fired. Like, I'm not going to be able to, you know, make money. Yeah. But then I'm just like, you know, this is kind of my passion. This is what I want to do. So I started camps when I was in the Arena Football League. And I'd come home. I'd do camps left and right. And then I just, you know, two years ago, me and my boy Cole Quay, who used to play for Caruso up in South Dakota. Fun fact, played in the NFL for like three years. 
we came together like, hey, man, let's just let's pass on the game to these young kids. Growing up, we didn't have no outlets to really go to camps that were affordable. The only camp was like the Mike Tice camp. It was like $2,000. You go there for like two days, do jumping jack, shake Randy Moss' hands, and go home. Like regular kids from like blue-collar backgrounds weren't going to be able to afford that. So let's create an outlet for kids, whether where, wherever they come from, but we're actually giving them from what we learned at our high-level football, just kind of feeding it to them. If you're a hockey player, if you're a basketball player, there's there's some sort of pro or high-level player group in your neighborhood your parents can pay for training and you can learn the skills, learn how to dribble with your left hand or not. So we're, we're teaching football players at a young age how to dribble with their left hand so they don't get to the NFL or college someday and get told no because of that one thing they didn't have from a mentor. So I love that. You're taking your own experience and yeah. the failures, mm-hmm. I mean, more or less. For, for sure, yes. And instilling it and saying, like, hey, this is what I learned. This is what mm-hmm. you guys need. Yes. Which is freaking awesome. That give back mentality is just it's fun, awesome, man. dude. It's fun. So how long have you been running that for then? Uh, well, I mean, my first camp was 2014. Okay. And I was working with guys, but like LLC, like the LLC line of scrimmage was created like a year and a half ago. Hey. Okay. That's so like for that, us, right? We're like, our LLC started in you know August mean? 18? Yeah. yeah. Right around there? August 18. Yeah. Yo. Did, uh, uh, can I do this? Yes, yeah. you oh. can. <laughs> I, like, I feel like when I get around a lot of white boys and stuff, yeah, I do this a lot, actually. <laughs> Yeah, what we is, love that. What does this actually mean? It's Hawaiian. It's a shaka, bro. It's Shotgun? Hang sh- loose? Shaka. Shaka. Yes. All right. Hang loose. For sure. Mm-hmm. We're a hang loose podcast. Yeah, from podcast. He's thinking so, like, uh, 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 God, what's that movie with McLovin? He's like gangsta. Oh, yeah. Pineapple. <laughs> no, not pineapple. Uh, super, super bad. bad. Super bad. Gangsta. Yes. There you go. <laughs> what's up, guys? So, so one thing that I wanted to tap into, because you said like, oh, yeah, I was missing football. I was, you know, I had, you, there was kind of a void that you had. I mean, because you played... You said Arena League. Did you play in the NFL, too? Like, you had a I couple coffee play in the yeah, practice I was, squad I was or in training camp with, okay. with Seattle. Uh, Sweet. Uh, was that through the uh, Schneider connection? Uh, I'm not going to say no. There you <laughs> go. It, prob- it probably started manifested there. That's actually another story in itself, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, and then briefly in Canada, too. In the okay. CFL with the okay. Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah. So. so, you're similar to uh, Charlie Dowdle. In the way of like getting that that right. training camp look and you know mm-hmm. fighting for the spot, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, because he yeah. was the guy that we looked at as exactly. He was yeah. in our. Uh, he's Chuck Doodle. Chuck Doodle. Yeah. Chuck Doodle. Love he, that kid. Love that man. He was on our podcast season one, like episode like thirteen, uh, maybe even earlier, probably like eight. Eight. Yeah, I love that's right before he was going to camp for the. Yeah, Jaguars. we interviewed him right before he went to the Jags, yeah. which is yeah, hilarious. Kind of funny. I had to plug that real quick. Yeah. Oh, I have to. We <laughs> we've had. So How you guys saying if I try to play football again, like I'll go make a team because I interview with you guys? Oh, there's a good chance. You know, we okay. have connections. Yeah, right. yeah. We, we, <laughs> just saying. We we got we we can spur our wings here. I got some cleats in the car. So. <laughs> some land sharks. Yeah. Say- <laughs> That's only funny to us. People don't know the land sharks. Like, God people, damn it! I feel like I watch your podcast. It's like a few like like cute marketing girls are working Target or whatever, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna say I can't be captivated, but it's like, wow, you guys are really passionate about selling buttons you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like them same cute girls watching us and like why are these dudes laughing about land sharks like why is that so funny yo the land shark is the lamest most classic cleat of yeah. all time Q land shark right here yep <laughs> <laughs> that's like you know how like the what are those nikes everyone's wearing now like the dad the dad shoes yep I, the, we, those yep. are land sharks <laughs> right well they they are the land sharks of like the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the land sharks of uh, Maple Grove. If what, you will. what are the uh, their names? Of them? We we co- we recommend the Coach Crusoe. The Air Monarchs. Monarchs. Air Monarchs. Thanks, Air Monarchs. Thanks. Yeah. So that's right. So Caruso, when we asked him, so last year your average quality eventually, but um, we asked him What's what his average name? quality was, and he deflected mm-hmm. us right away. 
puts it right back in, a cor- in our court. He's like, all right, what, what do you guys think my mm. average quality is? And Andrew and I are like, ooh, already spicy. spicy. We're nervous. We're everything head to toe. So I, I, I went deep and I was just like, right away. I was like, your approachability. Like, I feel like sometimes I can approach you and other times I do not want to come near you. And your approachability is like your average quality because sometimes it's high. Sometimes it's like there's yeah. everyone's a fear of you. And then Decky goes, your shoe game. Your shoe game is average. <laughs> and I go, I, I got a solution for you. You know, you got wide feet. Everyone knows it. Like, I think you should go with some Air Monarchs. And I gave him the dad shoe suggestion. Did he, did, he probably didn't get it. So he texts me like two or three days later. Yeah. Um, screenshot of the New Balance version of them. And he goes, I was doing some research. These 679s are a little bit more uh, comfortable. They fit my feet a little bit better. And then finishes with two fire emojis. And I go, you look great, coach. The fire emojis. <laughs> the fire emojis. Oh so he's been wearing those ever since. You know since. how we have like 18 emojis on our texting? Because we probably have used recently 18 used. recently. Yeah, yeah. He probably literally only has like two of those. <laughs> <laughs> it is just a fire emoji and then like maybe like a purple heart for yep. St. Thomas. Purple like, heart, yeah. yeah. And he's just saying F T I T K forever now. What does that mean? And we uh, can bleep that out. But. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. What what second is that? Uh fifty two fifty. Fifty two. Yeah, we didn't even get to, You know what, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to publicly proclaim that you guys bring me back so we can actually talk about line of scrimmage because like y'all are some cool dudes mm-hmm. and I just want to rap with y'all first. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get to talk about LOS or like what I'm doing with like the speaking or, or any type of uh, youth mentoring ship type stuff. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm, I'm running the show now. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm the captain now. You can run So it. let's bring I'm, me back. I'm buzzing off. Yeah, this. let's say, yeah. I'm bro- yeah he brings us in here. We're like semi-drunk <laughs> on this. I'm I have like Remy Martin, boy. I have like two hours of sleep under my belt right yeah, now. I'm yeah. just following your lead, brother. Well, you, you know, it, it, it gets fun when your chest starts to get hot. Yeah, That's how you know it's, it's a good time. Warm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andrew are looking at each other. Yeah. This isn't our podcast anymore. I just want to keep talking about yeah, land yeah, sharks yeah, yeah. <laughs> just call me daddy now <laughs> but i i really wanted to like tap into i guess a little bit of like filling the void and this is very on par with our conversation mm-hmm. right now it's like football 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 for so many years of your yeah. life right like 22 years for us 26 or whatever how mm-hmm. long ever you played after but like you operate within football in your mind for so long and football then it's just yeah. gone what do you how did you like fill that void what'd you do to like kind of i guess channel your energy elsewhere because you had to i think line of scrimmage was a void for me which i'm blessed to have because a lot of people don't have it <clears throat> when the super bowl came which was huge right because like obviously even though i wasn't in the league that long like when you get in that football circle kind of like the juniors hockey player from like minnesota who grew up with a bunch of really good hockey players in the league a lot of good friends that are in the league currently and like they all come home it's like a homecoming like, hey guys welcome to minneapolis like what you need drinks on the left like toilet paper on the right whatever right I said left and right, my bad. <laughs> but um, it's uh, I was speaking to Roman Oban. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He was like a 10-time pro bowler from like the 90s when I was a kid. And he works for the NFL now. And he was talking about how like athletes at the NFL level have an issue assimilating back to society. Because technically, like especially at that, that, high of a, that high of an aptitude they've, altitude they've been in the sports, they haven't been a regular person since they were 15. When I say regular, like, they probably got away with some stuff, especially from the, they from the South. Um, rules didn't apply, whether it was with women, whether it was with work, whether it was whatever. And, like, they always had money in their bank accounts, but, like, they never really had to, like, hustle for that money. Even though playing football is a hustle, but you don't really correlate the two when you're playing. It's like, there's money in your account, and you're playing football. Like, I remember my first my first pro contract I signed. I'm thinking, like, yeah, I got to get a part-time job, blah, blah. And then, like, the direct deposit, I'm like, oh, shit, I get paid for this. This is kind of tight. 
So he was talking about how like people, you know, they have the maturity level of 15 year old by the time they're 30. And I even took that back because, like, you know, we're D3 football players. I know guys struggle with that coming from the D3 level or even guys that stopped playing football when they were 12th grade. I think it's, like, it's something that we don't talk about. Some, some, somehow everyone just either gets over it or still struggles with it. The fact that you've been playing football for your whole life, your life was centered around football, right? No really, no summer vacations because you were training. No mm-hmm. fall weddings. That's for damn sure, right? And all of a sudden, like, you're just plopped in society and, like, taught to – Taught to just follow the rules. Follow, not even follow the rules because I wouldn't say, especially coming from where we came from, we never had an issue following rules, especially for our coach, Great mm-hmm. point. the coach we play for. But it's more a sense just like, damn, it's three o'clock. Like, what do I do? Like, yeah, I'm not going to practice. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing nothing. Like, and even like women, uh, uh, social life, like that was all built around my football schedule. Oh, yeah. Now all of a sudden, I got to get a hobby. Like, I, I think people watch like One Tree Hill or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. New maybe girl, I, yeah, Netflix, like weird stuff. Like I, it was, it was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. Which is why line of scrimmage came because I wake up at like five in the morning, drive out to Woodbury, St. Paul, um, wherever it is, and just work with these young athletes for completely free. Why? Because it just filled me up. Like in the wealth management industry, I work with nothing but sixty-five-year-old white men, right? And they asked me how my weekend was. Oh, you know, I was good. You know, I, uh, I mowed the lawn. Uh, uh, clean the gutters and did that. No, I was doing a keg stand at some party, but like it's just my life was different. Mm-hmm. But I needed that like loud music, trick daddy playing in the locker room, cussing, uh, a competitive atmosphere that I was used to my whole life. So that's kind of how I like hopped on the line of scrimmage. Was that that was my before I was getting paid for it? It was more like I needed y'all way more than y'all need me. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, that's that's kind of the same thing that we went through, but. Fortunately, we already kind of had this this podcast going for about a year at mm-hmm. that point. And then when we graduated in May of last year, Andrew and I kind of remember we went on our like uh, uh, graduation trip down to Hilton Head at his um, grandpa's grandpa's place, and it's just like the Where's coolest Hilton thing ever. Head? Hilton Head in South Carolina. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so we go down there, and you know, it, it was it was one of those things where it was like we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, I mean, you're not doing much, and I'm not doing much, so we might as well come together and take this shit seriously yeah and like three months later we started the llc finished out the season doing 45 weeks straight of podcasting mm-hmm. and then we basically took everything that we learned within those last three months uh from when we started the, the llc and then implemented it into this year yeah and now it's like i look back at when i graduated in may and i'm like an entirely different person i commend that dude like y'all have no idea because it's like People do stuff like this all the time, at least from like a macro level when you watch it, like, oh, there's podcasts everywhere, there's this and that. But when you see someone doing this, and then to factor in y'all's age, you guys are what, 23? Yes. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like, I know people at 23, like, to them, they it was an extension of college, right? It was basically like, I'm going to work just to get this check. When I get this check, I'm about to go to the bar three, four nights a week. Uh, when I get off of work, I'll probably just sit and watch Netflix, not really understand that like okay i'm not in that college or high school sense where it's just i'm not working towards something yet and for you guys to realize that realize that at a young age i commend the mess out of that like that's that's maturity like regardless of how you guys personify yourself on this show like Mm -hmm. you guys are extremely mature to say that like you just got off the plane you can barely sleep did you go to work today yeah you went to work today you i I walk in the house you drinking coffee like all right let's get this done not not that you guys don't like doing this podcast but i know for a fact when you like doing something but then you do it five days a week 
day four, day five gets tough. Mm-hmm. It gets oh, very yeah. tough. As fun as football is, if it wasn't somebody forced me to be at practice every day, I don't think we'd all be at practice every day. We'd want to take days yeah. off. Mm-hmm. But y'all schedule these events like, no, we got to do it because we hustling. And, like, not a lot of people can realize that till they get 30. They cannot like, – they, they don't – not that they don't understand uh, delay gratification, but when they – God, I don't know what I was – well, it's tough because you know we come through a, come from a program where we're preached to be the best ber- best version of yourself. Yeah. And when you graduate from football, I was always thinking of how can I be the best mm-hmm. version of myself on the football field yeah. and a little bit off the football field, but it's really just like carrying myself with yeah. integrity, being honest, rolling out, rolling out, yeah, having passion, yeah. <laughs> rolling. Those, you know, like those are the things you do off the field. Yeah, to better absolutely. yourself on the field. Exactly. But you but you found what yourself was. What I'm trying to say is like people don't know what they self are until yes. thirty. 40, yeah. mm-hmm. 50. Like obviously, in wealth manager, I work with a lot of people that are retiring, and they don't know who themselves are. Like, they don't want to retire. Not because they don't have enough money. It's just because, you know, now I'm 65. I was like, what do I do? Like, I basically just came to General Mills every day for 35 years. Mm-hmm. So, for you guys to figure it out at 23, you have no idea how much of a blessing it is. And I commend you for, you know, taking initiative to just, just see it through. Yeah, yeah. to just yeah. do it. Yeah. And we appreciate that. Absolutely. I mean, we are we are still a pair of wildly average dudes. And <laughs> Gotta throw the slogan in gotta there. Slo- oh, gotta man. throw the slogan It's a brand in thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? mad oh, corny. Geez. No, I'm playing. That was tight. That was <laughs> wildly average. I'm still looking for, like, our real slogan. Like, for okay. whether it's, like, if I was on a sitcom, what would I say? Like, you know that moment where you look in the camera and be like, I don't know. And then everyone, like, laughs in the background. I'm looking for, like, my either my personal line of scrimmage or whatever it is. So, I'm, like, again, okay. I'm, maybe I'm just, I call it corny because I'm jealous. Y'all found y'all wildly average slogan. Slogan. And it was well, given to us, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Coach K. Coach K queued it up. Shout out to Wally. Absolutely. Wallace. And he's uh, season three episode. No, he's marketing intern spotlight number 40. boy. And if you're a football player right now who joined for the first time on this podcast, you're like, wow, these guys kicked ass. Uh, yeah, go listen to Coach Caruso back in season two. Wally Kaczynski, marketing intern spotlight number forty. Got Rosie at the beginning of season three, and uh, do we see? I, I think we have like thirty St. Thomas football players <laughs> yeah. or coaches Seattle, on Joey this Pop. podcast. I bet a lot of people that want to get into y'all podcast probably hate y'all for that. Sure. Not, like not in a bad probably. way. It's just like that. You're passionate about it, but it's like <clears throat> if I'm some dude. In let me name another random city in Lionel Lakes, Minnesota. Just like oh, these guys got a cool podcast, and I'm like, why are they talking about this Division three football team I ain't never heard of before? Like it's the greatest, yeah, gift of right, God. yeah. So I like it because I watch. It's like it's an inside joke. I listen to Jordan Roberts, and first thing, first thing he goes around like, how did y'all get him to talk for an hour? Like I, we're we're tight, talking, we're we're cool, said, but yeah. he doesn't speak more than like five minutes at a time, right? And he's just sitting there. He sat there in the couch in a like one pitched voice the whole time. I'm like Jordan, we hang out all the time. Why aren't you yourself and just like let loose a little bit right now, yeah. man? It was cracking me up. But uh, this transitions to the back end of our show where smooth, we stay consistent and we ask the same questions all the time. All right. And but, I was supposed to read that by the way, and I read good. a few of them. But well, the first one is the I was trickiest for one. The wine, I couldn't find it. And you brought something even better, Remy Ma. Yes, sir. I need a sponsorship, by the way. We can we can work on that. Yeah. We'll plug it right after this. <laughs> um, the first question is, what's your average quality? So we we're plugged as av- wildly average guys. We talk about our. A- wildly average attributes all the time mm-hmm. but we're curious on your end aisle what is something you do well at times and other times not so well at the end of the day it's your average quality so what would that be average quality um another way we like to describe it is something that you care about but you're not very good at yet yeah okay you're focusing on it you're like okay i'm not mm-hmm. good at it yet but like i'd love to be great at it one day i would say you know what how about patience mm. so 
I think as an athlete, you got to have some sort of patience, right? Like, you don't go to the weight room, do 30 curls, and be like, am I swole yet? So, like, as a football player, I have patience where I understand delayed gratification, whether it's in my career, whether it's in my sport, whether it's in relationships. But short-term patience, I have none of it. Zero, I was that kid, I'd hop in the lunchroom. If the lunch line was long, I'm going to sit at the table, crack jokes with everybody, and then when the lunch time's done, the lunch line's done, I go to the lunch line, grab some food, come back, eat it real fast, and finish lunch. Mm-hmm. Or, like... I either leave the office early or like not till like seven at night because I don't do traffic. I'm like, mm. if it's a seven mile drive, I want it to feel like the same seven mile drive. I don't want to be in seven miles of traffic for 45, 50, 60, 70 minutes. So I'm like, I'm weird in that sense. Like I either got to get out of there early or I'm just like, yo, we're going to be here till like 730 tonight. So that's savvy. Yeah, I like that. But I mean, you, you could leave, you know, at the time everybody else does and then you just pop on a podcast. You could just, pop on the podcast. And you can yeah, just, you just hang out. Which is what know? I did today. Actually, no, I left a little earlier. I had a meeting, and then I went home and changed because I don't mm. like showing up in a suit. This, It's not that it's not Dude, me. Hold on. But if you showed up in this. a suit to this podcast, I would have been like, oh, shit. I would have. <laughs> you showed up with whiskey in a and suit. A, in a suit. In a, this in is a, not what I was expecting. And a pipe. <laughs> like, <yeah>. pipe. <laughs> and like the, the, the planter's peanut hat. Yeah. In a monocle, Ooh. I would have thrown y'all boys <laughs> off. It would have been bad. It would have been bad on y'all. Maybe that's a play we have coming here in the future. Yeah, we'll have you come back on. Yeah. And we'll, we'll all, all wear that. Yeah, that. It'll yeah. be a black tie event. We should do like an off-site podcast yeah. next time. So I could fuego this little cigar. But I don't even smoke cigars, but take a lot of clients there. Okay. Um, We should do it out of there. It'd be yeah, real chill. That'd be fun. Because they always like have a, like the leather couches. Yeah. It's, you can't see across the room. That's I, always good. I'll pull up in a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket. Oh, shit. You know, and it's like, oh, I didn't expect you guys. Come on in. <laughs> What would I wear? I, what would you wear to that? I know you would probably wear something super Italian, but like, I don't know, Italian. I, like yeah, pinstripes. Yeah, pinstripes. <laughs> I have this. I mean, I have this awesome lion shirt that I wear too much to like lion shirt. Oh, dude, it's it's a tie dye lion shirt. It's just a big face of a lion. I probably tie-dye. wear that and like a probably like a jacket. Jacket, a sport coat, yeah, sport, sport, sport coat. coat. I was like, yeah, what yeah. kind of jacket? Are we talking yeah. like a bomber? Yeah. No, oh, I could <laughs> trench coat. I'll, I'll, I should just wear like a Letterman's jacket. I there feel like go. that'd be kind You're of Thomas off Letterman's color. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think I have one of those to be honest. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love the patience priceless. thing though, because yeah. like yeah. I run short on patience uh, every day, and when I don't have a lot of sleep, like mm-hmm. today, it was that was one of those days right. for me where I'm just like at work. I'm and I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah. basically, it just I'm always dealing with people doing things incorrectly, yeah. and it's just like, hey, do it right the first time, yeah, for once. Patience, God is, damn it, that's a tough one, man. But man. yeah, I it is a uh, it's one of those things though where like if you can freaking just change your perspective a little bit and be like okay like i get that you're not doing it right the first time or i'm frustrated that i'm in traffic and mm-hmm. when you just realize it's not that big of a deal yeah. like dude, well, it's it makes it, so it is easier. a big deal though but a, think about it this way because if you in an hour and a half especially you from chicago so you know traffic. right yep. if you if you're in traffic for two hours a day that means you're traveling four hours a day mm-hmm. yeah, like i saw this crazy yeah. stat like you'll spend like 20 years of your life or like 15 like you'll spend six years of your life on the toilet yep and you'll spend like twenty years in your life in traffic, which is just like think about when you, you if you knew the day you died, like you're ninety years old, you're like, damn, wish I could have that six years on the toilet back. Wish I could hear that time in traffic back. Mm. I don't know. I think about it that way. Like that's one yeah. thing that Glenn's definitely taught me efficiency. Yeah. My thing is like, why not just stay here longer, get more work done, leave at a time where I can get home in fifteen, twenty minutes rather than an hour. And just be more efficient with my day. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. so that's why that's why I say patience. Same thing. We was talking about dating. When you meet somebody new, 
when you do like the BS, you know what I'm saying? Like the uh, the BS. You build this with, facade yes. of yourself, yeah, right? You just Before you start, open the door and let them yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Like, why don't we just open the door and let them in? Why don't we just start like straight up off top? Just like, hey. Why don't we? I don't know. Hey, I got a drunk uncle that uh, is really weird at times. What's your name? You know what I'm saying? Like off top. Like, why don't we do that? Well, why don't you? Because you want to give him that pivot left and juke right, and then you you think you're open right. to the end zone, right? And really, that you got someone else blindsided. That you're... was very John Gruden in you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> very John Gruden. Well, I saw you sitting there, and yeah. you you gave me a quick shimmy right. left right early, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna yeah. play off that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is like dating or even meeting people in the first place. Like, why don't we just show what we really are right away? Yeah. Why do we got to show them like the safe thing first, and then eventually just like. Uh, that's just me. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. My bad. I'm bad with this microphone, by the way. No, He's you're gonna be crushing mad. it. No, no, no. <laughs> Ty's fine. Don't He's worry. Good kid. Ty, do you have any questions? No. You don't no, have get any. Get better with pro- that microphone. I'll beat you yeah. up. All right, for sure. <laughs> he was scary. He didn't it. say nothing when I walked in. He was like, Y'all ever seen the Adams family? He was like the lurch. <laughs> <laughs> he just pulled up straight face, like, You right? Yeah. I'm like, All right, man. Are you, are you a bear fan? Big Bears fan. I'm a bigger Packers fan, so. Oh, that's oh, cool. God, we can fight should... later. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> Deal. No, I, you know what's funny, though? I respect the Packers. Thank you. Uh, we played St. Norbert's my junior sophomore year. I'm, fr- I'm from, like, you are? Right, I went to high school right across the river. What school? De Pere. Oh, De Pere. My roommate, Casey Schmidt, uh, freshman year, went there. Oh, that's the name sounds Yeah, De Pere. Familiar. Y'all got some beautiful women over there, by the way. But um, Thank you. Uh, Crusoe took us in Lambo, and yeah, I'm a Bears fan. I'm like, man, F Lambo. Like, I'm going to stay on the bus. Like, fuck that. Like, I ain't go. My bad. I'm cussing. Uh, but we went through, did the tour. Like, Lambo has a lot of history. The Packers have a lot of history. The way that they almost got sold and, like, everybody bought in. Like, I respect that. As a football fan, I respect everything about the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. I wish he was my quarterback, but he's not. So I respect the Packers. Yeah, Vikings, Vikings, not as much because mm-hmm. I feel like there's no real Vikings fans. Yeah, they're questionable. Yeah, like, when they're bad, like, they talk so bad about their team. And when they're good, like, oh, man, I love blah, blah, blah. Like, the skull just, like, came, like, two years ago randomly. Like from Iceland, never had skull yeah. ever. I've never heard skull. Never saw the clap. And but all they have of a sudden, the most pride in it that they right, ever had. Exactly. Yeah. Well, last year they did. And like right now, they're bad. So like you don't hear a whole lot from them. You mm-hmm. don't hear a whole lot of clapping. But I mean, just the marketing. Yeah. The marketing department at the Vikings have really taken off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. See, you guys look at it from a different lens. Yeah. I guess, they, they I guess read, the marketing department definitely pushes that. But like, in my hey. head, it's the the, the fair weather fans. Well, sure. I mean, think about think about what actually happened there, right? Like. Clap came in about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. That was when if Iceland, that. Iceland, the soccer team, mm-hmm. they did very well in the World Cup, mm-hmm. had a couple upsets, and that's when they started. They've always had the clap. Okay. That's been a part of their nation. Okay. Oh, really? Is that where it came from? Yes. And then that same mm. year, some lady at in the Vikings marketing department was like, oh, my God, the Vikings yeah. are from Iceland. Boom. Put it together. Uh. And now every white guy is clapping. <laughs> every. Before the Every. Game. White guy has the <laughs> caucasity to clap <laughs> at a Vikings game now. Oh man! Oh my God! But anyways, transitioning so fast to the yeah. uh, back pocket question, Andrew. So you want to you want to hit him with it? It's gonna yeah. be the longest episode ever. So your average quality is patience. And yeah, we're having great patience right now. I yeah. think though. I mean, I think we're killing our patience game. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew's got the talking stick. <laughs> so our next question is uh, core question: What is in your back pocket? So when pressure becomes stress and anxiety's rising, what do you use in your back pocket to overcome these situations? It could be a habit, it could be an emotion, um, or it could be something you physically carry in your back pocket to help you overcome these situations. Um, I don't have like a corporate name for it yet, but like when I play football, I used to, and nobody knows this because I literally say it to myself. I'd call it gorilla mode. Mm. Like if we was down by summer, if we need, it was like fourth and short, we need a huge stop. In my head, it was like, I just like transform like Dragon Ball Z and just super somehow make it happen. 
So like I call it gorilla mode. Like when my back's against the wall, I feel like that's when I perform my best, which can actually be my downfall at times too. Like sometimes I play down to my competition when I don't need to, but like mm-hmm. when that competition's like better than me, like the, that's the best aisle you're gonna see football wise, baseball wise, uh professionally, um, relationship wise ever. Which actually Coach Tower told me a funny thing, he's like, You shouldn't have to wait until your back's against the wall to start doing to what you need forward. to do. But that's another conversation. So I would say that gorilla mode. Mm-hmm. Gorilla mode is in my back pocket. Somehow like I just find a way to get things done when I need to. You can call it procrastinating too, I guess. But like if if, if I gotta stay for this exam, I'm gonna get everything studied in that night. If I got a big client meeting in the morning, I'm gonna figure out how to do it better than I've ever done it before. Mm-hmm. When we talk about like big plays in football, like uh, you know, fourth and short type situations, like Wally didn't like me for this a lot, but I would just go back door sometimes and basically just make it happen to where like even though I didn't do my job, like I got there and I made the play because I knew this would work or like, you know, I'm just kinda going outside myself and having a uh, an out of body experience, if you will. So I, I say that. gorilla mode. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, oh, I'm a trademark that too. You should. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Sick, that's what right. I tell my little kids when we train, like in, like in high school. Like I have pregame speeches, like Wally. You do? Yeah, yeah. Not quite Wally, because like Wally's were just funny to me. They didn't really like hype me up. Did you hear the one that that I played for him on the podcast? Probably. Which one was it though? It was the. Uh, it has the money for Straits. nothing yeah. dire straits in the background, and it's our first game senior year and he's talking about uh i will not be a part of a unit that doesn't play with their hair the fuck on fire and how you have to run through adversity have you ever heard this he's got new ones then okay i'll, I'll sure play it for you after this this will make you yeah. laugh play with your hair everything. the fuck on fire play yeah. with your hair the fuck on fire but yeah. um so you give a lot of pregame speeches then huh uh, when i was coaching high school yeah i Hell loved yeah. it it was fun because like i just got to be me i got to be x-rated and the kids they laughed at it, but at the same time, it got them going. Like, the whole Hell gorilla yeah. mode thing started. Hell as like, yeah. y'all ever seen a gorilla, like, be nice, have table manners, like, wait till the whistle's done? Like, no, nah, y'all got to, you know, beat your chest, not care. Lion, slapped. Elephant, gone. Shark, it don't matter. I'm a gorilla. Boom, 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 boom. And then these kids are like, yeah, I'm a gorilla. <laughs> Even that little runt that's like, you know, 5'3". Not a gorilla. 115. Yeah. You couldn't tell him he not a gorilla that day. <laughs> what? <laughs> That boy just like talking bad to like uh, water girls. Or something. Like, Let me get the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, I, gorilla mode, dude. All I right, fucking love that. Gorilla man. mode, gorilla mode. I freaking love that. Make oh. t-shirts, dude. Should I? Yeah. yeah okay. Dude. Yep. So only if y'all uh, post it so we can sell. Right. We can. By the way, line of scrimmage t-shirts. Are being hey, sold those right are clean, now. dude. So what we are doing? Again, I'm the captain now. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we work with a lot of athletes. Um, like I said, come from situations kind of like me and Cole came from where our parents weren't paying for extra training in the sport. Barely got them to let us play sports. So what we're doing is we're selling our apparel to be able to scholarship kids. So for every X amount of dollars we sell in apparel, that's going to our kids. So we're like a, a, a for-profit but with a non-profit kind of like feel to it. So buy some line of scrimmage stuff. I'm sure you guys are going to put the link on the whatever, but oh, so yeah. I really appreciate it. We got like some really cold stuff coming in. So. Sweet. And that'll yeah. be in the show notes for those listening. Yeah, the show notes. So – we uh we've been talking a lot and a whole lot. this has been fun and a lot of it has been just um our i guess our all of our journeys yeah. collectively have been a challenge in one way and that's mm-hmm. and that is really at the root in my opinion of how you find yourself right like you're we're all talking here Thanks. exact uh, like basically how we found ourselves of like oh we like podcasting oh i like coaching kids like we had a void to fill and through that, we we challenge ourselves, and that's how we came out on top. Right. Um, and our, I mean, we're challenging ourselves every day. But anyways, 
we like to ask this question of a challenge for the back pocket. So okay. who would you like to see next on the back pocket in from from someone in your market network or anything? Who do you who would you like to us who would you challenge us to get on the podcast next? Um I would say for first, um, I was actually thinking of this on my way here because obviously I read this last minute. Of course. But Kelly Klein, she is uh, in the scouting department for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Actually, I just met her last year. She's one of the relationships I feel like uh, one of the most beneficial, like emotionally and business-wise, one of the best relationships I've met, I've had. She is a very motivating woman. Um, she's the only, I think she's the only woman in scouting. It's either she's the only woman in NFL scouting or she holds the highest ranking position. That's in NFL sick. scouting for any woman. Wow. Um, she's very impressive. Um, she's like Rick Spielman's like, like we'll be kicking it and like Rick Spielman will be like, hey Kelly, what do you think about I'm like, yo, like Rick Spielman's texting me. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's just like nothing to her. Like she'll, you know, she'll just send like a fire emoji or whatever. But yeah, Kelly Klein for sure. Like I think she'd be great. Like her story is phenomenal and she's one of the hardest working, not only women, but people I know. Like Dude. that's, she a hustler. Like her, if she had a life highlight tape, the soundtrack would be Every Day I'm Hustling mm-hmm. by Rick Ross. There we go. Challenge um, accepted. Uzama Obasi, that's my boy. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or seen him on Instagram. He's got a really good story. He does some really good stuff now. Like he, he's a photographer, um, creator, uh, and a businessman. And he is, is as cool as what he does is because like all he does is like hang with NFL players and take takes pictures with them. Gets paid like a lot of money to do it, and like he's marketing and just like knows a lot of cool people. But as cool as what he does now, his path to where he came from is even cooler because like. I'm not even going to tell the story because then y'all won't even bring him on the podcast. But, like, yeah, Uzama Obasi for sure. You got to see about Uzama. All right. Love him. Um, one more. Let me think of let me. How about an athlete? Let me get an athlete on here. Um, I would say CJ Ham. Okay. CJ Ham. Awesome. I don't know CJ, like, really, really well. He came and spoke in one of my camps. I knew his agent. His agent got him to come speak in my camp, and we met, and he's just a positive human being. I know y'all had Chad Greenway on here, mm-hmm. but my, me and CJ have ran into each other a lot of times, and we've talked a few times, and we text from time to time. Not like not like name dropping or anything, but like he just seems like a really positive dude. Sure. Mm-hmm. Positive dude, and like, you know, he's a D3, D2 type guy. Mm-hmm. I've heard for, him on the radio a few yeah, times. He plays yeah. for the Vikings now, and I'm sure he has a great story. Mm-hmm. So, CJ... I don't know why I was thinking about you. This might be a little weird. Stephanie, this is not that weird. That's his wife. Um, <laughs> come on the podcast. Come check it out. Let's do it, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Those All are great Across the board. Challenge oh, yeah. accepted. Challenge. Love that. All right, We're making it happen. Mm-hmm. And now we've been hammering you with questions for now, I believe, like an hour 15. 117. Woo! Oh, look at this, dude. Beautiful. Wow. The, hold up. Time out. Yeah, let's let's look at our level. This thing was full when we walked in. <laughs> yeah. The boys this are hot. This thing was full. <laughs> it's so funny because I would say in the last month, every guest has brought over some sort of alcoholic beverage. Really? And they've like let us know beforehand. Interesting. Like you were like, get the wine glasses ready. Yeah. I'm bringing wine over. And I was and like, I literally lined the wine glasses up. And they're just like, why do we have a wine glass? I was, mm-hmm. like, oh, I was bringing over wine. Yeah. Like we had Bolo's by Bauhaus. We've had freaking... Oktoberfest beers, okay. I mean, Lacroix, we've done a while, but I mean it's yeah, it's never we had got no... iced on 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 the podcast. We got yeah, iced. That's some girl, tight. yeah, some girl brought what was in her back pocket. Was she's not ices. just some girl; she's Clara. Clara, Clara, Cott. Clara Cott. Yo, funny story. Clara Cott was like basically my roommate. That's right. She lived. Did she got... say that? Yeah, she's okay. She's told, we're Cl- good friends. Clara's with. my home girl. I love Clara. Clara's mad cool, mm-hmm. but yeah, she lived like on top of us in college. Yeah, so. that's right. So she would have she would throw like bangers the night before, like. 
Tommy Johnny. Yep. And like she saw no reason why she shouldn't be throwing these big parties before football games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so Claire funny. Claire's mad type, though. I know. Awesome. She's awesome. She's yeah, the she best. Iced us. Um, but yeah, we've been peppering you with questions all day. Mm-hmm. And this is usually a time for us to say, like, yeah, we've crushed this podcast. Like, <laughs> you've had great answers. We've had great questions. Except for Ty. Ty, you didn't really ask any questions again, which is like, hey, you know, we're evaluating. It's cool. We're, we're evaluating your kinda, performance. We're evaluating all the time. He kind of scares me anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was sort of my dominance. That was sort of my. No, no, no. That was <laughs> a flex. Today. That was yeah. a flex. Right. No. Yeah. Well done, respect. Just know we have another podcast. Maybe maybe one question. Yeah, y'all hustling. Y'all got another one after this? Oh, we yeah. do. Now you're tipsy. You'll probably be hungover by the time. I know. It's going to be funny. This next <laughs> well, well they're probably bringing over something, too. So we're just going to keep this thing going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. I might stay, actually. Yeah. <laughs> just, just watch like right next You ever watch like <laughs> like Jimmy Fallon some stuff? And it's like, all right, I come on. I'm the first guest. I'm talking, blah, 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 this and that. And then they awkwardly sit here after. Yes. <laughs> and they don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me be that guy. All right. Let me do that. So, right, we'll, we'll try and wedge you in that corner right there. I, that I ain't wedging no corner. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking Remy Martin to the face. Hey, oh there we go. Anyways, we've a uh, great podcast. Good Thanks, work, brother. Bro. This was fun. Yeah. This do you fun. have uh, any questions for us, though? You know what? This podcast was tight because it was the first time I met y'all. And I kind of wish, like, we got, like, because I think we could have done this, like, pre-podcast stuff. Like, we probably could have just started the podcast now because I learned a lot about you guys. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, questions for you guys, man. Like, I mean, what's next? Mm-hmm. I think I get when when it comes to any entrepreneur, when it comes to anybody doing something of the creative nature, that really doesn't have like a formal path. Like, like I said, we talked about the guys from Ernst and Young. Like, oh, when you're a junior analysis, your goal is to be a senior analysis, right? Like, there's no junior podcast going to senior podcast. Like, I want to know what's next, world because I I am bought into what it is you guys do. I think the passion behind it, like, it, you it, you guys ooze passion, right? I hate saying the word passion at the same time as people because then they think it's, like, pride of passion. Broad like, and passion. No, the actual passion. Like, you guys just, like, ooze what it is you do. Thank you. Like, what's next for y'all? Um, well, the first thing that's next, our last episode of the season will be hosted at uh, most likely Sisyphus Brewery. We're doing a live podcast, and we're basically – everyone's like, oh, who's the guest? Who's the guest? It's just going to be Andrew and I. Okay. And we're just going to pack this – season this year of podcasting and all the different people we've had on all the different experiences we've had and just talk it through invite every single guest so you're invited Sisvis brewery over here right right uh, next to dunwoody college sure. they got a sweet venue there but more logistically of what's next is you know andrew and i have put all of our time 99 percent of our time into production of this podcast mm-hmm. we figured out how to record a good podcast where we have the Very camera good. set up we got Very the live good, stream we got everything yeah. gopro's off i think it might be out of battery but it's irrelevant um but like that's we have committed all of our time to doing that now it's time to kind of take a step back and see okay maybe we don't have to put out three podcasts a week maybe we can start hunting and maybe playing a little bit more of the entrepreneur mm. right more of the business, see how we can kind of flare up our content a little bit more, how we can uh, kind of put ourselves out there a little bit more. And I think yeah. first first goal we were asked this last week was like, where do you guys want to be uh, in a year? And sponsors, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like we want we want to go invest the interests of other yeah. companies and see what our value is to them. For sure. Just to start there and then honestly grow that and build this brand of like when someone comes on, I want like – them to be their most authentic self and i think we already have that but now that we're gaining like this media presence i want to hold on to that exactly and then have the sponsors to back it and then i mean ultimately take this thing full time at some point i knowing that i don't know when that will be but yeah. like again i just love it 
And whenever that happens, it'll happen, man. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's where we're going. Is there anything else that I missed, Andy? Oh, uh, we are not going away. There you go. Oh, good. Yeah. Good call. That's, good that's call. the thing. Like we're we are not going away. I can tell you where we're not going. Yes. <laughs> and you know the life of a and this is something that you kind of you don't realize at first as a podcaster because it's kind of you know it's like your YouTube channel. What what really is your value? But I look at a podcasting industry similar to stand up comedy, similar similar to musicians, man, where they athletes, the athletes, uh, artists. There's few and f- far in between the elites, the top of the, the cream of the crop, the cream mm-hmm. de la creme. And it takes a while to get there, and you got to catch a break. But if you stop, you'll never even see the light of the day for the potential of a break. Bingo. So we are going to continue to be there and try to be the best versions of ourselves that we've been preaching this whole podcast or just discussing and everything in between. It's And we have so much fun doing it. So come 2020, we're going to try to fine-tune a little bit so we're a little bit cleaner. We have a little bit better of a message out there so that if someone that has never seen us before understands us right away, and we feel like we don't necessarily have that right now. Um, So there's a a couple different branding things that we're trying to get done and just the whole objective of being ourselves and enjoying every conversation Mm -hmm. is why we do it. And that's why I'm going to continue to show up at 4.30 on a Monday and then 6.30 on a Monday and talk to Io, who I haven't had a chance to talk to. I've heard stories about you for five, six years. Hopefully good stories. Great stories. Some, <laughs> some stories of how we got to be better. Oh, man. I definitely got to be better. <laughs> yep. And uh, and then we get to you know share bonding experiences for an hour, and that goes through our next guest and the guest that's after that. Mm-hmm. No, that's tight because, like I said, line of scrimmage, I love it. Love football. But after a long day of work, it's, almost, it's tough to, whether you're passionate about it or not, it's tough to show up at six every day. Bring the energy for these kids. Because obviously, as a coach or as is 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 an influence to these guys, if I come in flat, they're not gonna get anything out of it because they're gonna be flat. Mm-hmm. So I figure with you guys too. Like, what if you guys came long day, right? Like, boss really been riding you, right? And you come in, you're like, hey, what's up? It's the back pocket. Like, I'm having a tough day, so let's just get through this. That's a scrap. Like, that's a waste of day. You might as well stay home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I understand that hustle that y'all got to deal with, and I commend y'all for that. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I really had to uh, dial in my day around you. Honest. What do you mean? I was thinking about you all day. Oh I, wow, that's really weird. <laughs> that's really really weird. Well, it was like, but I'm flattered. I knew Thanks, at, bro. I knew at 4:30 I had to be dialed in and ready to roll. Okay, and I'm sitting at midnight getting ready for my flight from Portland to yeah. Minnesota, and like I could sit here and like, oh, woe is me. Like, De- Decky booked the red eye. Like he's gonna get two <laughs> hours of sleep. It's like, dude, I signed up for that shit. I've had them days, man. I'm you, I feel you. I signed up for that shit. So it's like, okay, I'm going to leave work early at 2. I'm going to get an hour nap in. I'm going to – I literally went downstairs and prepped the coffee so that yeah. when I woke up in a in a, in a a sleepy stupor, I could – all I had to do was hit rich brew, full full <laughs> cup. And so I hit that shit at 4, like 12. And then by the time you came over at 422, I already had a cup of coffee in me. I was ready to go. I had, But I had to – I had to like literally think that through of like yeah. how I was going to make sure that I was ready to roll yeah. on like two hours of sleep. Ready to roll, and now and we crushed it. I and think. now you're drunk. And now, now we're here. <laughs> yeah, now we're here. here. We are. Not yes. an entirely different mind state. Yeah. <laughs> Eight hours ago, I was in Portland and sleepy. Now yeah. I'm hyped up and slapped. Hey, there we go. It's a beautiful thing. But that yak. brings us to our final question here, Isle. A simple question: What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation? The moment I woke up to the moment I had this conversation. That's a tough one, and I know we ain't got time because Lurch is looking at me over here. <laughs> Um, that's your nickname, by the way, from now on. Lurch, yeah. Lurch. I'm gonna see you on the stream, like yo, Lurch. <laughs> and if you don't say you rang, 
<laughs> I'm not a messing with minutes you. To process <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> hey, yo, Lurch. Yo, man. What did I learn? Man, you know what? I learned, to be completely honest, 100% honest. Nothing against y'all, but like obviously as like the older group of St. Thomas guys, especially in the football program, we look at you guys as a spoiled group of kids. Not a bad way. Maybe it's because what we did, I mean, coming to a school that wasn't winning, coming to a school that was ugly, coming to a school where they didn't like us on campus like they do now, we just felt like you guys were kind of spoiled and then you guys weren't built with the same material. You know what I mean? Like, y'all was cotton. Like, I'm I'm, I'm velvet. You know what I mean? That's what we kind of thought it. You guys are, both of you guys are freaking awesome. And if you guys are a microcosm of what the rest of the guys in your class are, I learned that, you know, Caruso's doing a damn good job at that program. And he's raising raising some kids that's really about their business. And, like like I said, I love this podcast. And I'm glad y'all had me on here. So that's what I learned. That's phenomenal, Isle. Thank you so much for those mm-hmm. kind words. And that's a wrap here. That's a wrap, pocket. baby. Peace. Thank you so much, Who's man. taking the last one? Should I bring it home or should we just? No, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go one more round. One more round for sure. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks, Isle. Right. Thanks, fellas. So much warmer than the secrets you've been holding in. And don't you look at me sideways with those eyes. Always acting like you ain't got the time. I can't imagine trying to carry what you hold inside. But ooh, you got a reason to sing. Cause you can't hold on to